comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Episode Tonight's episode, play that funky music, nerd boy. And that's why they are the greatest band of all time. There's just no question. Whatever. Wrong. <laughs> hey, that's it. That's it. I just proved with math why that band is the best band ever. Welcome to Half Hour Wasted, episode 253, volume, no, music show, volume two. There you go. Kind of almost volume three, because the first music yeah. show is a dose parter. That's true. Because, That's true. Yeah. We're back for some more music talk. Because we can pad out an episode on you. <laughs> we will do our best to uh, make this a concise, entertaining, uh, non-competitive, <laughs> non Mean spirited, yes. Discussion of music. I have a game for us to play also, which we will, which can be mean spirited and uh, a very zero sum. You know, I have to win for you. To, you know, you have to lose <laughs> me to win, kind of thing. But we can get to that. Okay. I have. I also have a surprise. Oh, but man. first, I got any histamines kicking in. Just to let everybody know, we are going to talk. We have two. Each of us are going to participate in a top three list. Yes. Yes, and we have two lists. We have two lists. Top three bands I want to like but can't. Yes. And top three albums that nobody has ever heard of except you. That was... Mm-hmm. Now, top three, top three albums you like that you think it's weird that nobody's ever heard of this band except for basically yourself and, you know, that about and 30 other I, people. I took yeah. it as underrated albums... Okay. Not so much bands, but albums. Yeah, that, not not that so much bands, but just albums in general. These are these are albums that you that you like, but you're fairly certain you're in a yeah. an ex- huge minority. Well, and for right. me, for me, my one of my criteria was that the band had to be obscure too, because I could throw out Pretzel Logic by Steely Dan, mm-hmm. but everybody knows who Steely Dan is. You know, you could you could so I I eliminated. You know, I eliminate bands, you know, that somebody had actually heard of, you know, whether or not one of their albums might have otherwise made that list. So. My my three bands are, are fairly obscure, mm-hmm. one of which I've mentioned a few times on the show. But Creed? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, uh, mine, uh, they're not obscure, but I don't think, but you usually don't hear people reference these bands. Okay. They're very well-known artists. 
you know, I mean, okay, it, it's it's just you just don't hear a lot about these albums. Well, let's start our music talk with. I swear to God, if you do "Bad Out of Hell," <laughs> "Bad Out of Hell" three, there is a three, by the way. Let's do another. What is going on? You know what? That started talking earlier during the break. Is that me? Yeah. Oh gosh, dang it! Some some web page I've got up is man. I think my computer's acting weird again. Big surprise. But I'm clicking on these uh, tabs, and the tabs are, like, going away. Back in no. episode 139, we did uh, a a game called Guess That Cover Band. Let's do it. I'm going to do a second edition now. Um, one of these, the first one I'm going to hit hit you with is is easy. It's a giveaway. It's a gimme. Now, okay. the songs are recognizable. Um, but you have to, the idea is to guess the cover band. Yes. And what we did last time was we saved our guesses to the end. We don't have to do that. We can just, okay. you know, I'm sure you'll guess two of them right off. All right. You'll know two of them, but the public might not. You know what? Let's save the answers for last because okay. that way the public can think yeah, about we'll, it. Yeah, we'll give them a chance to okay. hit Wikipedia. Here's, uh, here's track one. Raise your hand if you know the band. Oh, yes. Got this. Yeah, got it. You know the band? <laughs> With a bullet. I got the band, the album, the track well, number, whatever the you want. What's the song? What's the song? The track number, uh, excuse no, me. No, what's the song? The song is called Higher Ground. By whom originally? Stevie Wonder. Absolutely. And this is one of the great remakes of all time, oh, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. This is one of those songs that, this song has been around since, what, 1991, and I'm still not tired of it. 89. 89, even better. Yeah. Okay. Ish. 89. I'm, thinking, I, I'm pretty you're, sure you're it's right. 89. You're right, because this album came out uh, before I left for uh, school, which would have been in uh, 90, so yes. And it came out when I was in the dorm room at uh, at North Texas. Beauty. So we might as, well, we might as well say it, I think. This, well, is, given, this is giving people okay, it's enough a time. Gi- it's a gimme? Yeah, it's a gimme. Who is it? Uh, chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Yes. From the album, great album, Mother's Milk. Oh, yes. Track two. Uh, so awesome. All right. Yeah, I've, um, I just listened to this album... Um, Jeez, just a uh, just a couple weeks ago. Okay, here is a little more obscure. You'll know it. Frank might know it because I think we might have talked about it as a group. Okay, uh, I don't know that the that the listeners will know it right off the hand off the bat. Turn the lights on, baby. This one's for the ladies in the house. I know what the song is, yeah. but I don't know who's covering really? it. Really? Oh, I'm surprised. Not yet. Okay, I, this song is not familiar to me. This I remake the song. is not familiar to I, Yeah, I recognize the song. It's one of Brad's favorite tunes, though. It's my favorite karaoke song to do. <laughs> oh, okay. Is this... You know who did? Don't say it. Okay. We're going to save this and the this last is, one. This is a fellow who's considered a solo artist, though. No. Right? No. No? Okay. No. In that case, my guess... We're gonna, I'm going to save this. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. I thought it was Kravitz there for a second. No, I'm going to save this in the in the in the last one for the end. Here's a chorus, obviously. Don't know the artist, so know the song. Okay, "Easy" by the Commodores. Yes, and I will tell you the. There's some people out there who it's so weird. Know it right now. I've got a completely for a completely different reason. I've got a, I've got my game up. And an ad on top of the page for Billboard has a picture of Lionel Richie. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of Lionel Richie. Complete coincidence. Okay, here's so the cool. here's the third and final one. 
probably the most obscure of them all. I don't think you'll get the band at all. Do you recognize the song, Bill? I'm still struggling. Oh, okay. All right. I, sorry that yeah. the lyrics had to give away the song. Sure. Title, no, that's fine. But, uh, Pictures of you by the cure. Yes. Um, wow. And I, d- I seriously doubt you'll get the, okay. the band. You know that song, don't you, Frank? Yeah, I know the song. I don't recognize the artist. I Dang, doubt you, you will. Win. Okay, we'll save songs two and three for the end of the show. All right. All right. Yeah, that easy cover. It just gives me goosebumps. (laughs) Okay. What do you guys want to start with? Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with the uh, music uh, we can't get into. Top three bands I want to like but can't. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll go first. I might as well crack it wide open. Yep. My top. Well, should we do them in order or? Yeah, let's do number three. Let's start with three. Ah, what the heck? I'm going to start with number one. Start number. The Beatles. The Beatles. The Beatles. Interesting. If I want to like them, but I can't, they have three good songs, and that's it. This is exactly why we're doing this. <laughs> they have three good songs. Sgt. Pepper's Reprise. Not okay. the first one, but the yes. reprise. Blackbird. Okay. And Why Don't We Do It in the Road. Those really? are the only good Beatles songs, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. I want to like the Beatles, so everybody else will still will stop looking at me like I have three heads. Okay. Is the main reason. <laughs> Okay, I don't get it, but I want people to quit looking at me like I'm a freak. Okay, I don't appreciate the Beatles' entire catalog. I I absolutely um, I absolutely get like the second half of of the Beatles' run. You know, um, pretty much from I guess Revolver on. I uh, I get that. Um, I understand why they were um, you know so popular. Okay, that's exactly the point, though. You know, it's. These are uh, bands, artists, uh, whatever, that are clearly popular with lots of other people. And while maybe you don't hate it, it's certainly a possibility. But while you may not necessarily hate it, you just don't get why everybody else goes right. ape stuff and gets their panties all bunched up over this yep, band. Yeah, that's me and the Beatles. I yep. just, I don't get it. That's, uh, I think they're overrated. That's really cool. I don't get it. Who's next? I'll uh, take one. I don't get corn. Okay. I okay. just, I absolutely don't get it. There are bands in that genre I do like. I, I, I uh, Limp Biscuit is a guilty pleasure. Um, doesn't hurt that uh, they, that we thank Limp Biscuit at the end of each podcast. See, I'd rather listen to Corn than Limp Biscuit. And for me, complete, complete opposite. Okay. I, I think Limp Biscuit, for me, Limp Biscuit and Tool are kind of in the same ballpark. It's just their, their music. Uh, if you pay attention to the lyrics, it's fairly depressing. The music is also. You very, said Limp Biscuit and Tool. Did you mean Corn? I'm sorry, and Corn Tool? and Tool. Thank okay, you. Good. Yes. Um, but I just, I don't understand. I literally don't understand how they are so popular because to I me, there's really, I mean, I guess it's because they're different. Um, you know, they're the ones that spawned imitators. They do an awesome cover. What is it? Oh, uh, we don't need no education. They do a good oh, cover cool. of that. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, no, I, get I, it. I would like to hear that. I feared for my life at a corn concert. Holy cow! Okay, <laughs> I went to a, like an Edge Fest. It was an all day deal. Corn yeah. was the headliner. Yeah, <clears throat> it was at the old Starplex. Grass in the back, seats in the front. Oh yes, I was in the seats. Corn started, and everybody 
from the grass, rushed the seats. I said, I'm out of here. <laughs> I went and sat in the grass. They were freaking nuts, these corn fans. Wow. So I yeah. get it. And I could, uh, I've even, uh, I think I've got a, a corn album um, thanks to you. And again, I don't hate it, but okay. it's, it's, yeah, yeah, okay. I get it. I understand. And for me, uh, if music is going to drive you, um, there maybe the tempo of their songs are too slow. Tool certainly again. That's why I said Tool's in that same ballpark. Their their music is very their music can be very dirgy. I mean, not in like a Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds kind of way, but their music can be very dirgy. You know, it's not yep. we're not talking Sigur Ross here. You know, it's clearly hard rock, but there's just not enough tempo to music that heavy. Which is odd because uh, back in the late '80s, um, I uh, I thought the, uh, the I, I did appreciate the Melvins, who were you know on the that forefront of the uh, the grunge scene in Seattle, um, they were very heavy man, but their music was very slow tempo wise, um, very dirgy. Yeah, so uh, um, so I think to me it's more a question of instrumentation and and um, just the the way the albums are produced. And it's not unusual to hear an album that you think, you know, man, I've heard the band live and they're incredible, and their album is what. Why? Huh? What? It's too polished. It's too, it's too, you know, manicured. You know who did the artwork for Corn's uh, the album cover for Corn's "Follow the Leader," which contained "Freak on a Leash." No, which Todd I think... McFarlane. Really? Yep. Okay. So Todd's a fan, most likely. Uh, I, he got I, paid. Because so. I can't imagine they they paid him retail. And he said, "Who are you guys?" You know. So, Frank, who's yours? Um, I took it a little different approach from you guys but i'm still on the same vein in that if there's a band or music or cd Mm -hmm. i don't like but other people like i don't care like it's just yeah well all right that's cool you like it i don't you know whatever so what i did was i went with genres of music that i don't get okay and so i have three and the one that i really don't get is jam bands this is okay. my morning jacket this is fish this is a uh, grateful dead yeah um i don't quite widespread and, uh, panic define uh, jam band that's good you saying jam yeah. bands are musical groups whose albums and live performances relate to a fan culture that originate from the 1960s with groups such as grateful dead and continue to 1990s with bands like fish the performance of these bands often feature Extended musical improvisation or jams over rhythmic grooves and chord patterns and long sets of music that crosses genre borders. Okay. Again, My Morning Jacket, Fish. uh, These are bands that have a huge cult following. They follow, people follow these guys around. I think it has more to do with the culture, uh, which is drug related. Yeah. uh, Which is free spirit. Uh, related and um i've never wanted you know whenever i listen to their music these types of bands you know it's it's not something that i find hummable it's not find something that that you know i find relaxing okay it's not find something that that you know brings me any type of particular happiness so i just i don't get the genre jam bands i don't either i would agree with you I um there are some bands that do jams up being jam bands. I mean on the end of uh most of my Rollins band CDs and they easily could have gone on the albums you've never heard of list. But um 
on many of the Rollins Band early CDs, they will have a uh, track, kind of a bonus track at the end, that might be 32 some odd minutes long. And uh, there's one at the end of uh, Hard Volume by Rollins Band, great album by the way, uh, a little bit dated but still good, um, called um, uh, Joyriding with Frank. What a great tune that is. But it's a 32 minute long song that basically, it, it's it's one of their songs, um, but they uh, they do not medley, but they they shift from one song to another during the uh, during the thirty two minutes, and they do. There's a lot of jamming going on in between. They um, they might be giants came out with a live album not mm-hmm. too long ago, and they ended with five jam songs, which were each named after the Planet of the Apes movies. Okay, so there was Planet <laughs> of the Apes, there was Beneath Planet of the Apes, there was Still Alive with the Planet of the Apes, there was all that stuff. And but it's a long jam section, section okay. and I, uh, you know, Can't I just I, I well, it's just not interesting to it's, me. It's interesting that that somebody like that would do it because you know they might be giants or you know so well known for being fairly tight and you know Quirky. witty and stuff, and yeah. uh, just going up there and just jamming for a half hour seems to kind of be diametrically opposed to what they are like. I think I think that's their idea of, of being ironic. Okay, so you think it was it was them winking at the audience? I think so. It, you know, so basically that was their half hour weekly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, their half All hour right. weekly, Exactly. <laughs> yes. Quickly, Bill. That that's See? your street address, right? It is. Okay. She's gonna meet me over here. Okay. <clears throat> the little lady? Uh huh. No. Uh, Not that little lady. The other little lady. Ashley. Yeah. Um. Okay, I've got three left. One was a, one was an honorable mention, but I'll uh, I'm gonna go with Rush. All right. I like now having said all of these well, okay. I don't think we okay. have to qualify I, the fact that, you know, we don't necessarily hate every one of these bands. It's just it's literally when when someone goes this blank band is so awesome and then you just have these little question marks kind of go boop 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 above your head like little soap bubbles. I don't I don't question it. It's just like, well, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad I you know, like them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got four bands, one of which is an honorable mention. All right. I'll make the honorable mention the band Who's uh, uh, who I like zero of their songs. Okay. Like I said, Beatles, three good songs. Yeah. Rush, one good song. Which one? Tom Sawyer. Okay. Not uh, uh, two good songs. Beg your pardon. YYZ. YYZ is pretty awesome. Camera, camera eyes. The camera, the camera eye. That is a great tune. Um, I want to like Rush because mm-hmm. I'm a bass player. Yeah. Getty Lee is a fantastic bass player. How would you like to have a Rickenbacker? Wouldn't that be great? It would be great. God, that'd be awesome. Um, I, I would like to have a Rickenbacker. You know why else I want to like Rush? Mm. Is because what was that movie? Was it um, the one with uh, Paul Rudd and Jason Segel? Slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. Oh, Remember that movie? Uh, was that the one where they were like counselors or something? And they took No, the not, ro- not role or? models. Okay. I don't think it was role models. It was like Paul Rudd was, I love you, man. It's called the Love okay, You. I haven't seen that. Slapping the bass, slap, and they it was <laughs> a funny. huge rush. Uh, Beautiful love fest. In All that. right, but well, um, I need to see that. I want to like Rush because they've got a. Uh, there's a great uh, Rush uh, DVD pe- that came out last year. Lots of year, people like them, or maybe ten. You know, and I, Getty Lee's voice, great song. I get it, man. Getty Lee's voice. I understand how people think he's on. You know, it's nails on a chalkboard. For me, I grew up. Um, I grew up identifying most closely with Rush of any musical group out there. What I liked about them is I liked the, I liked the fact they're a power trio, which means that the drummer has to be an integral part of the music. That's extremely important to me. And so does the bass I mean, player. It doesn't mean that a four-piece, a nine-piece, whatever band um, can't 
still be good and favored in my eye. Um, but a three piece is almost always a recipe for success uh, because I just the the drums to me are s- such an important part. It, it just kind of kills me when the drummer is doing nothing more than keeping time for the rest of the band. I didn't like that. So I like it when the drummer is an artist like Copeland or Peart. So the Simpsons had an episode where a character, he was the dean of a college, and he was he was a cool dean as opposed to the strict, the pleasant, uh, you know, mean dean from okay. from various comedy movies. And he said in the episode when it aired that, hey, come on and stop by my office and we can play hacky sack and <laughs> we can even jam. I used to p- be the bass player for Rush, and then he does a little <laughs> riff. Okay. Then, uh, you know, I, I called foul, and I'm sure a lot of other people did too because that's a Getty Lee. Um, when they re-released the episode, he yeah. now is the bass player for The Pretenders. Really? So they, re- they recut the line. Yeah. What show is this? Simpsons. So oh. Getty say cease and desist day? No, I, no I bet you enough fans went like, uh, dude. Does it sound yeah. like this? I was the bass player for The Pretenders. <laughs> I, I, listened to, I listened to it. A lot because I thought maybe that's my what they did. Whatever engineering they did, it's great because it's seamless. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, is it, you know, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those actors probably do so many different parts that uh, it's not a an issue for them to just go back and revoice it while they're doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, Hit me well. with your next one, Bill. All right, the next one. This is the one I really don't get. Um, it's number two on my list. Yeah, it was kind of a coin flip. My number two is. The Killers. I they're one of those bands that I want to like enough that I've actually purchased. I've actually gone to a store and purchased their albums. How many albums do they have? Uh, they have a because I only know of Hot I'll look Fuss. It up. No, I'll Hot look it up. Fuss is Cobra Starship, sir. Swear I'm to God, pretty sure. Uh, the Killers. The the album I've got by them is Day and Age, and it's got. Uh, um, are we dancers or the are we human? Hot Fuss is the Killers. Um, interesting. That's also the name of a Cobra well, Starship it's, album. It, it might be. Okay. Uh, they've got four studio albums. Uh, Hot Fuss was their first. Oh, do. Sam's Town, Day and Age, and Battleborn is yeah. coming out next year. That's one or of those. This year, this year. That I think maybe I need to go back and listen to their first album or possibly their sure, second, and maybe I'll get it a little more. That's the, yeah. that's the song that made him, made him hot. Yes. See, I don't have. I, I don't got it in here somewhere. I don't like them enough to to want to like them. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sorry. The Cobra Starship album uh, is hot mess. So my apologies. Let the, me back um, up here. I like the engineering on that first album because Snow Patrol did something. Wh- whoever produced it, they yeah. gave them. Um, they gave them a really distorted sound. Even really? for a studio, sa- uh, it it has a little lo-fi sound to it, and it's really interesting. Um, yeah, like Okay Go did that too with their last album. I can't remember the name of that. They song. also had a Okay Go has an incredible had a, video uh, too, man. That the uh, oh, the, the Rube Goldberg the, the oh was that Okay Go also? I was thinking of the the Rube Goldberg device. That's an Okay Go song, right? Yeah, that's in fact I have that one here. God, I love that is that amazing. Song. The 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 song is okay. The video is an all timer. Which is the yeah. one where they're on track? Go to YouTube. Uh, uh, here, I'll play that. For it, you. That that is what's a Rube Goldberg device? Uh, it's the the insane contraption that's made out of bits and pieces and kitchen sinks. Oh, and yeah, shouldn't yeah, work yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's so many moving parts and like the ball starts and it drops. You in. know who invented that? Rube Goldberg. Yep. 
Okay. Somebody named. I, I took a wild. The Killers at also it. had a comp- compilation album as opposed to a studio album where they had uh, B sides, covers, remixes, and stuff like that. I'm looking for that OK Go treadmill song. I forget what it's called. I can't. Let's see. OK Go treadmill. Here it goes again. Yeah. It's called Here It Goes Again. The treadmill song bill is Here It Goes Again by the OK Go. Cool. Pop me up. Yep. Right. That's a cool, I get that's that, a cool man. video. I'm down with that. Very cool video. It's a cool song, too. Uh, See, Frank, that, album, that album drives your heart rate up a little uh, bit. Next one, again, staying with the way I did it. Uh, fusion Jazz. <laughs> I don't get such at as all the weather report. You talking uh, about Kenny G type stuff? Hey, no, I'm talking about here. Fusion jazz is a musical fusion genre that, that was developed mixing funk and R&B rhythms and the amplification and electronic effects of rock's complex time signature derived from non-Western music. That's wild. Um, uh, and uh, you know, um, North North Texas is a very big jazz department and. And yep. it has a jazz station. And I like older jazz, mm-hmm. but I don't like the fusion jazz, which the only band I can really think of right now is Weather Report. Weather Report. What? The great Jaco Pastorius played bass Heck for them. yes. Um, Spyro Gyra. Spyro kind of Gyra, thank you. And, um, it's, and it falls in that jam rock category. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had... Which it's it's kind of all over the place, but it's... okay. It's just like, hey, I'm going to listen to some Weather Report. Now, maybe I've got a bit of a soft spot for Weather Report because I used to have some of their albums. And uh, uh, Birdland by Weather Report was something that we played um, in band. And uh, us uh, saxophones got uh, the lead melody on that song. So I've always kind of felt warm and cozy towards it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's guys like... Um, you know, Pat Metheny, Lyle Mays, uh, types like that who uh, are probably considered in, in that genre. Um, but they've got, you know, so for your, this is this is something you would hate. Maybe I need to uh, burn you a copy of it. Uh, Metheny and Mays, uh, their album is titled As Falls, Wichita, So Falls, Wichita Falls. And the first side is one Say song. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> I mean, I, I I'll, I I'll, give it, I'll give it a listen, but chances are I'm I will I'm pretty much kidding because <laughs> you named those two genres as genres you're not into. I'm with you, Frank. I'm, yeah, I'm not just, a big... But, but, yeah. but you see these big festivals and there's these people and there's tons of people outside jamming to it and stuff and it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they are just... Maybe a, maybe a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of salvia going on. You think Miley Cyrus might uh, think, uh, dig yeah. me in at one of those jams? Yeah, I, I think, think she might it too. So man. it's just it's Gardner's. One of those. Gardner's love that. Yeah. You think Cheech Marin or Tommy <laughs> Chong might show up at a yeah, jam man. concert occasionally? So like when someone goes, "Hey, I'm going to a jazz festival this weekend, dude. Have a great say, time. Well, I'm gonna be." You, you ask uh, what kind of jazz? <laughs> well, you know, on my top albums, yeah. it's, it's funny because uh, one of them is a jazz album. Interesting. That nobody's heard of? No, people have heard about it, but it but, just okay. doesn't get a lot of love. My yeah. um, my third uh, is... Is um, this your number one, number three, or, or is it... Beatles was one. Not in order? Okay. I've gone one, two, three. And my third one is uh, Led Zeppelin. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a good one. I, okay, wow. I, Led Zeppelin only has one good song, and I'm serious about this. It's <laughs> Hot Dog. God. Wow. Led Zeppelin has 
I just <laughs> Led Zeppelin I got, has. I got your hey, backs most of the time. But I just hey, can't go there hey, this time. Hey, we're gonna be nice about this. Remember? Yeah, I'm. I'm not trying to. You know, again, Led Zeppelin has different two strokes. or three good songs. Okay, in my opinion, one of which is the Lemon Song. Here, last week, up, uh, how many? We more weren't times? gonna play any music during this. I know, but I want to play Hot Dog. Last week, how many more times entered my head off their first album, and I loved it. Yeah, see, no, okay, that's, that's not doing Frank's it for bluffing. Me. That's no, not that's doing a, it because that's bluff. fun. Um, I okay. want to like Led Zeppelin. I I bought one of their albums, and I I just can't listen to it. Wow, all the Which way album? through. The one with the guy. Can you Let name a see. song on it? It's four. I think was the one. I okay, got. it's the one with Stairway to Heaven on it. Yeah. Okay. Which is a black, beating. Black Dog, When the Levee Breaks. Zeppelin. You might as well put that. Yeah, four. Uh, American yeah. Pie. Black Dog. Black and, Dog's freaking awesome. And um, Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Oh, oh, and then this one. Oh, no, that's not. Oh, and then I like this song. It's not on that album, but that's an awesome song. Immigrant song, track one, let's have them three. But that's it. Great song. And, and the Lemon song. Okay. So you but, like you like something off Led Zeppelin two, three, and four? Okay, one song each. Sure. I just they don't do it for me except you know wow. I was, like I said a handful of songs. Le- Zeppelin was one of those that uh, I didn't really get into in uh, <laughs> until I was in high school, and uh, when I was in college, I pretty much fell definitely in love with them and that was clearly after the fact i i hit high school in 86 or uh, college in 86 so they put their last album out six years earlier than that um yeah i i can't agree with you okay <laughs> no, I, I, no I, 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 I so thing you need to hear from i so them. rarely you know me i so rarely I'm... listen to zeppelin uh but i recognize it. it's mainly because i don't ever need to hear another zeppelin album again because i've got all of them memorized so. my honorable mention and the one that I don't like any songs yeah. from is Aerosmith. Wow. Yeah. I want to like no Aerosmith. I like uh, Run DMC's version of Walk This Way. Yeah, okay. That's the closest thing to an Aerosmith song I like. Well, I mean, it is an Aerosmith song. It's a, well, with yeah, Run DMC, right. of course. But, but um, I like Steven Tyler. I, okay. I'm impressed by him. Okay. After seeing him on American hmm. Idol. I think he's a nice guy. Okay. A genuine, sweet yeah. guy. And I want to like... Aerosmith, but Interesting. I, I just can't. I had a uh, I just can't. When I was in elementary school, I had a friend I did some hanging with. He had an older brother who was into those cats, and um, so I heard. Uh, um, to this day, uh, I, I, every time I hear "Toys in the Attic," that's what I think of being over at this guy John's house. Um, "Toys in the Attic," tremendous album. Uh, "Night in the Ruts" got some great. Is there songs a song on called it. "Toys in the Attic"? Yeah, and it's is an this, awesome song, man. This may be a cover of it. Let me let me hit this with you. Is that it? No, not yet. Yeah, toys, yeah, it is. Toys, yeah, it is. It's that's a bad cover. In the attic. Guess who it is? I thought R-E-M. it was Cheap Trick for a second, but it's REM. Yeah. Well, God bless you, REM. That's a bonus I track. I don't hate you guys either, band. but that was a but that was a bad cover. No, the um, it's got this. Uh, the original uh, song "Toys in the Attic" has this 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 crazy locomotive, just chug a chug a chug guitar riff. It's just oh, it's great. Yeah, that is an awesome album. What's your last? My last one, and this is the one I really don't get. Uh, again, there's a few different soloers that could have gone in this spot. I picked this one because you know my criteria was. 
I understand why other people like him. I get the greatness. But tell me what's up with Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh, he's he's been re- – he's yes, I don't get Bob I, Dylan I, either. I had a buddy of mine. The best thing I've mm-hmm. – the thing I enjoy most about Bob Dylan is when he was on King of the Hill and okay. he and Boomhauer had a conversation together <laughs> and you couldn't understand a dang thing. Um, our, uh, our buddy Pat, who joined us for the Fantasy Football Show a few mm-hmm. months back um, – when we were in college, so this is late 80s, um, he had you know, 600 some on CDs at that point, and 25 of them, if I remember right, wow. were Dylan discs. I don't get it. And boy, I just, you know, Pat and I agree on it. We, we used to, you know, we have traded music for 25 years now, give or take, um, since, uh, since the mid 80s in high school, but I never, I never needed to borrow a Dylan album from him. And, you know, here's Bob Dylan and, and, and Boomhauer. I tell you what, man, you did that dang old Mr. Tambourine man talk about did come play songs for me, you know, then you get you take change your name Zimmerman, y'all born again. Well, a whole bunch of kids coming around and, you know, mad dog and denim going platinum. Who knows accounting firms and head dang old boomer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't I like tremendous. I used to like one uh Bob Dylan song. It was an old song. I think it was when he was a Christian Bob Dylan, you know, at the time it was called Man Gave Name to All the Animals. Okay, never it. was heard about it. naming the animals. And that, as a kid, that... This was a zebra! I don't Man gave names to all the animals in that the beginning. That was new! Oh, you mean a new one? No, it's a new! I, um, you <clears> know, he has, he has thoughtful lyrics. Uh, I've never just wanted to sit down and just kind of go, man, I really could... I'd love to relax to some Bob Dylan. That would be really... Uh, you know what? Forget that salsa march that I was going to listen to. I'm going to listen to some Bob Dylan and just kind of kick back. You know, these people uh, don't actually say. You know, you know the, uh, the walk hard, the Dewey Cox story? Yes. He did... It followed the life of this musician throughout his whole career, and he yeah. spanned several different genres of music, one of which was a... Um, a Bob Dylan type song. It sounded like this. I a little something like this. Oh, seriously? Hang on. I hear you this time. Hang on. Here it is. No, that's not it. Sorry. Here it is. This, this is the Bob Dylan one here. Mailboxes drip like lampposts in the twisted birth canal of the Coliseum. Yeah, you get that's, the idea. that's Dylan on yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm 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 with you, man. Dylan. Yeah. I just don't. Yep. What about you, no? Not a big uh, deal for no. me. No. Uh, I, I, um, you know, if I'm in the car on the road, it's fine. Yeah. I don't I don't own any of them. I, I've listened to them. They're fine, but it's just Whatever. I need to wipe my note and I don't have a Kleenex, though I use the sleeve of my shirt. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure there there's great covers of his stuff out there. I would probably you be more best, apt to listen to his covers. The best type Lovers of Bob Dylan covers. cover would be one that literally you they spoke with um their the diction was um Yeah. Very <laughs> Well I was going down very the precise. street yes. and yes. I saw pronunciation that there was, was people right on 
They enunciated Suffering. everything. What's your third genre? Third genre. And I guess I have an honorable mention too. Is uh, the third genre opera? Yeah, I can't deal with it. I I don't get the whole. I like musicals, uh, but the whole singing. And I know, and I know why I don't like opera. It's the language barrier, which I don't quite understand what they're saying. There are English versions. I know, and I have seen. what was the name of that? What's the name of that English? Um, Weeby Opera. Weeby Opera. Um, I am the modern major. Of well, I mean, you talk about the modern major. I am the modern major general. I am the. Do, 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 oh, do, 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 Rogers and Roger Hammerstein. No, that's not it. But anyway, um, yeah, and I and I like Broadway musicals to a point, but um, yeah. Um, Man, I just struggle with opera. Yeah. You see these people. I mean, even young people who are just like, "Oh, I love it. Let's go. Let's go to an opera and well, they go see it." And it's just like, with apologies, to the professor. If uh, if I had done a uh, genre top three list, um, number one, I think uh, absolutely would have been uh, Broadway musicals. Mm. Country and Western would have been right there too. So I like I like Country Western. I know I'm going to get an email about that. Um, and honorable mention. Uh, this is the only band on my list. You two. Oh, you wound me, sir. You don't get you two? I don't care for you two. But they're but they're much loved. You wound me. That yeah, sound I, means I just, we're thirty seven minutes in. Yeah. But awesome. But that's I'm, good. Yeah. Yeah, because now we could shut it down and we could no, come up for the next, no, uh, let's the next keep episode. Going. Let's keep going. Okay. We're now gonna, it's time it's, for this, we're gonna have to work mm, twice as hard now. Let's do our best not to run this into the ground. Let's okay. keep it yeah. concise like we did the last one. Yeah, I love it. Um, I also have a delicious game I'd hey, like to get to if possible. Before, before we before we do that, yes. let me give you one of the cover band. Uh, okay, that's a good way to answers. Do it. Yeah, let me get my list here. Uh, okay, um, I'm going to do this one first. I'm going to go in a little bit since we heard this. I seriously. This is this is my favorite. Saints still losing. Yeah, it's uh, they're down seventeen fourteen. San Francisco's driving. Okay, this is awesome. Little bridge here. Yeah. You don't recognize his voice? I think you both of all people would. Oh man, that's um, uh, yeah, that's um, Mike uh, Patton from uh, Boom. Faith yeah. no more. You yes, got sir. it, buddy. It's Faith no more. Okay. the Commodore. All right. Well, wow. I'm I'm now more down with it because Faith no more freaking rules yeah. and Lionel Richie freaking rules, and that's a pretty good combo. Yep. That that's a good cover too. I like that. Listen, here we go. <laughs> what album's that off of? I don't, uh, Buzz, it, Buzz ballads. Okay. I don't know what Buzz is. Is that a compilation is. of some sort? I'm not that's sure. not a That's not a Faith No More album. Uh, maybe not. I'll okay. look it up and I'll let you know. Of course, Patton, uh, Mike Patton also uh, fronted um, a band called Mr. Bungle, which has yes. some very odd tunes. Top three albums nobody has heard of that you enjoy. Um, I'll go first. I'll make it quick. I've mentioned this group uh, many times. The Call. They have done... Um, you know, let the day begin. Yep. But the album that got me into it was one that came out in 1986 from Electra Asylum Records. Okay. Uh, it's called Reconciled. 
Peter Gabriel sang backup vocals on one on the opening track actually cool. called Everywhere I Go. Let me um Actually it's um we ha- we recently at works uh someone created a we have these quarterly meetings mm-hmm. and so someone made music up for that quarterly meeting and mm-hmm. one of them was a call song. Really? What yeah, song? I can't remember which one it was, but it is the call and it was a good it was an older one. I remember I still that. believe I'd have to hear it, but yeah, I think so. Um, this is the this is how the album opens. Michael Bean, bass player, lead I know, singer. I, I love that. I love that bass sound. Died last year. God bless him. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I always wondered if it was the same guy who was um, Sarah Connor's. No, uh, not that. Not that guy. Um, this, this is a, this is an awesome. It's song. nine tracks. Um. Everywhere I go is the opening one. Peter Gabriel sings backup. I used to have this on vinyl. There, did you really? I, honest to God. Oh, yeah. that's I, awesome. I, there's a slight chance I still have. I sold a bunch of my records in college because I'm an idiot, but I may still have it. I, I can find out. Track five is called Oklahoma. Two. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I enjoyed this. It's so about uh, a stormy night in Oklahoma when the tornadoes hit, which is you know, yeah, which happens quite often. I think it's a, it's kind of a. a you know, this town had a spiritual awakening um, because of all these tornadoes and the, and the. I just love his bass sound. He plays a fretless bass, but it doesn't sound. Fretless. Really, yeah, I didn't know it was awesome. fretless yeah. because you're right. That does sound. Um, that doesn't sound fretless. Okay, now, and it's not slappy. It's just it's kind of almost that Rickenbacker sound. It just the, yeah. You just hear those strings just warble and vibrate. You know? Most people will will know this next song, but it'll sound a little off to them. Okay. When it when it picks up, you're gonna go okay. All of a sudden, I recognize this. It's from a movie from the '80s, and all I can all I can picture is a sweaty man, a sweaty bodybuilder holding a saxophone. What? It's from the movie <laughs> The Lost Boys. Okay, all right. There was a horrible, horrible cover of this song in the movie The Lost <sighs> Boys. Dang it! This is the original from the call. It's called "I Still Believe." Yeah. Still like the song. Mm. This this album really got me into the quote unquote alternative genre, um, and I owe it to all to my friend Craig, who back in the, back in high school introduced me to the Call. And, um, Beauty. I just love this album. It's uh, it just me. It's means so much to me, and I I think if people anybody is familiar with the Call, they're going to be more familiar with Let the Day Begin. That album of uh, that has that song of the same name. Yeah. And this right here, all I can picture is that sweaty guy holding the, holding the, uh, yeah, big keyboards and stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, the call, uh, I still believe it reconciled is the album. And you said you had that on vinyl. That's awesome. I think I might. I know I used Very to. Very cool. That's that's one of my most favorite albums. I still listen to it all a lot. That's cool. Okay, Bill. All right, um, I I think I've got at least a top six, but I'll try to narrow you it down. You have to do three only. Um, really? Yep. Only three? That's a, why it's called Jesus. the top three. focus. Now why I'm wondering the if I want to do this. Top three list. And remember, I am in control of the soundboard. <laughs> top three list. 
Should oh, we there's, move on there's to Frank? Two, there's, yeah, go ahead. Because there's two I absolutely okay. want to do, and then that means I've got a third I've got to pick from like three or four. Well, do you want to do one of the two now? Um, no. Do you want me to go to go Frank? Frank? Go okay, Frank. Frank. Go Frank. Um, Frank, Frank an go, album go. that I was exposed to back in college, and uh, this is a jazz album that I referred to earlier. Yeah? Okay. That, you know, I don't like jazz. The album came out in 1959, mm. and uh, Miles Davis kind of blew... And here's a track from it. This is Freddie the Freeloader. He kind of blew? Kind of blew. What do you mean? name of the album. Oh, oh. I thought you meant he kind of yeah. sucked. Oh, no. You got two things, two or three yeah, things going on there. All right. Hey, I've got them down to oh, my top three, by the way. Okay, so good. you'll be proud of me. So there you go. A little smooth jazz. Yeah. Kind of blue. Let me read from the wiki page. Uh, studio album by Miles Davis, released in 59 on Columbia Records. Uh, sessions took place uh, for the album, took place at that studio in New York. Da, 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 da. You know, what was Miles Davis known for? What instrument? Oh, um, trumpet. Trumpet? Okay. Yeah. And the album itself, I, I have very fond memories of hanging out at people's houses really? listening to this. I mean, as you hear it, it's really kind of smooth. I don't know. When, when I was young, we would go, I'd go to my friend's house and listen to Bill Cosby records. So I wouldn't <laughs> listen to. Well, I'm, I'm talking. Records. I'm talking about college. I'm oh, okay. talking about dinner parties. I'm talking oh, okay. about where you know um, you, you try to have that faux sophistication, right? In your uh, in your early early twenties, and someone's bringing wine. Oh, a professor's going to stop by. You know, we had a couple profs stop by and. And uh, we drink wine and eat cheese and listen to this. And then the profs would wax nostalgic about, oh, I remember when this album came out. It was back. I was uh, I was doing my uh, tenure, at, you know, whatever. But um, <laughs> but th- so that post sophistication, that uh, just good times hanging out on a patio, um, the smoothness of it. The, you know, of course, there's no words to it. it. I think there's only four or five tracks to it. But it's uh, it's just one of these staple albums that. Um, that I just enjoy listening to. This is something I can throw in yeah. and just listen to. In fact, I probably listened to this six months ago, I bet. Really? Yeah. Just at home, cleaning, turned it on. I'm not a huge jazz fan. Yeah. Jazz has to be... I don't know what it... I don't know... There's a certain type of jazz or a certain sound that I will listen to. Mm-hmm. Um but mostly jazz does not do it for me. And, I, you know, I went to North Texas also. I, I watched the 1 O'Clock Lab Band a lot. Mm-hmm. That was when I was trying to convince myself I liked jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, just never. There is a lot of that going on in college, isn't there? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I listen to... I listened to a lot of classical music uh, growing up, uh, trying to convince myself that this stuff was awesome. And I found out that I do appreciate um, a lot of uh, the romantic period in classical music. Uh, which is uh, Mahler, um, Beethoven's ninth. Um, Beethoven started out as a classical uh, composer. His last album uh, was considered romantic. Tchaikovsky considered romantic. A lot of the Russians. Uh, the romantic is a lot of emotion and a lot of uh, swells and and you know it's just it's. Um, I mean, like I. I I get his greatness, but one of those bands I don't get is uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. I don't get him. <laughs> I'll be Bach. <laughs> now, Tchaikovsky. And I'll be Beethoven. Um, I've got a, one of my favorite CDs is a, a Deutsche Grammophone recording of uh, Beethoven's fourth. Mm, good stuff. Um, what's one of your three? 
Okay. Um, I want to start with uh, I've got um, I've got a I've got an urban music uh, rap. Um, okay, so I've got a rap slash urban group. I've got a rock group, and I've got an electronica group. So I'm trying to trying to spread the uh, the love around. I'm going to start though with um, uh, the band Nerd, and you may have heard of them. Possibly, um, this is uh, Nerd is an acronym stands for No One Ever Really Dies. I wondered what that meant. Is that you or me? Ah, oh, dang it! I don't hear anything. I've got, I've got some, some audio is encroaching on my dang, uh, my dang website page thing, and I don't know where it is. I've got to find it now, and it's hacking me off. Apparently, uh, the discount double check is more important than us uh, putting on a good show. So, um, you know, good for me. Oh, I know what it is. It's the stupid. Okay, is the football score I was keeping? Oh, up okay. On. It's done now, though. Thank goodness. Okay, so, um, so my. Uh, my first album is uh, the great band Nerd. Um, Farrell Williams, uh, you might know him from many, many uh, popular remakes of songs. I'm, I don't have time to play you any of them. Um, uh, he did a, uh, a remake for a uh, an artist named Ashanti, which I thought was amazing. Um, but he and a, uh, a friend of his, Chad Hugo, uh, another one of the Nerd band members, uh, met at the age met at age twelve. Um, in a summer camp for musicians, which I thought was interesting. Now, what I love about Nerd is that they are not a traditional rap group. Um, they will do rapping, but they are a musical group. It, it feels kind of like it's not necessarily in living. It's not li- in living color, or it's not living color, but it's a uh, it's a collection of um, uh, urban artists. Not all of them are black, but the front men are um, who do music that is clearly from a rap you know growing up around rap and hip-hop but creating a rock band out of that which i find amazing so uh am am i potted up yep okie dokie here you go please be at the front of the track and uh, on the ticket Turn it up, rip the knob off, baby. Don't be scared. The one about that. When is the rapping? That's what I'm saying. They're a, they're a group that was clearly born of rap, but um, but they don't rap necessarily in their songs. Uh, th- I mean, they they've got. Um, um, okay, let me give you a song that's just a little bit more rappy. Okay. Okay. It's playing. Oh, this is the intro. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to scrub just a touch. Okay. And just a touch more. Okay. Clearly wasn't planning on doing this. I love this intro, by the way. Time for some action. Time for some action. I don't know if we might have to edit out a word or two in this song. But it's got a killer like beat, man. It's got something you can wag your head to. It'll drive you down the highway. Yeah. You know the scenario, images, right. your mind like a 
like it. Yeah, I like so it. you can see it's it's almost a it's almost a fusion if you were to uh, you know use that word. And the album in question is uh, "Seeing Sounds" by Nerd. And I and every time I drive around listen to that album, I think to myself, "Am I the only person on the planet listening to this album right now?" And I think with seven billion people out there, I know I brought the question up before. With 7 billion people out there, the odds are infinitesimal that I'm the only one of 7 billion listening to this individual album. Still, I can't help but wonder. You might be able to fit the number on your fingers. Yeah, I I kind of honestly think I do because um, their first album, Search Of, was great. And uh, it had uh, a number of hits. Uh, I think Nerd was almost too high profile for me to include on this list. But I love this album and this band too much not to uh, give them my love. Um, So, anyway... um, and they have uh, they have fun music. They have uh, music that's a little more serious. They have music that's, that feels epic to me. Um, and this is one of them. So uh, good times. All right, pop me out. All right, my next band. And it's funny. All three of my bands are. Um, let me look at my notes. They're from a span of uh, six years. Okay. From nineteen eighty six to nineteen ninety two. Um, the next, and it was all in college. When I when I heard these, okay, well, the call was was high school, but okay. The next one is um, by I believe uh, they're an English band. Uh, Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yes, very. Uh, I very, actually very British. I have a I have a funny story about Robin Hitchcock. Hit me. Um, back when REM was uh, touring on its Green album. I happened to be walking outside the stadium, got got there about two hours before the concert, and I saw the door was open to the back of the of where they were performing. So I just kind of walked in, and there was a sign that said uh, Robin Hitchcock one way, REM the other way. So I went wow. the R- So I went the REM way. Holy cow! And um, uh, oh, what's the name of the of the guitar player? Peter Buck for uh, REM. Yes, is yeah. that his name? Mm-hmm. Peter Buck was sitting in there. Uh, in his makeup room with uh, Robin Hitchcock, and they were talking and, and playing a little bit. And I went, hey, guys, uh, I'm Frank. How are you? He goes, hey, how are you? We talked for a little bit. He goes, you want to hang out? And I said, sure. So I hang out with them for like 10 no minutes. No way. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and we just hung out for a little while, talked. They played. They talked. And How and are we 253 episodes into this <laughs> and we've never heard the story before? you got to keep some stories in your back pocket. Wow. But yeah, and so we just kind of hung out there, I don't know, five, ten minutes. And I said, well, I guess I should go find my friends and... That's awesome. I went back out and I just walked out of the stadium and they were like, "Hey, where were you?" He goes, "I was hanging out with Peter Buck and uh, Robin Hitchcock." And they were like, "Yeah, Jeez. whatever." <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Can't people. really not prove it, but yeah. those people are those people are geeks. Um, wow, Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians. Uh, yeah, I had uh, March March nineteen eighty nine A and M Records. They released Queen Elvis. Okay, I had uh, Fegmania back okay. uh, back when it was released in eighty five. I don't know where I heard. Mm-hmm. This album, how I stumbled across it, um, I just, I don't have any idea. It was probably somebody uh, in, in, the, um, in the dorm was playing it or something. Uh, the bass player uses a, a fretless bass, and a lot of the melody of some of the songs were yeah, were based on, on uh, the bass line. This one, for instance. Oh, well, Robin Hitchcock has very ironic lyrics. When you can titles. understand them. Well, Here's a night. Oh, 
I don't know. It's just, there's something about the... It's like jangly and... That's it cool. was very different from what I listened to at the time. Right. And I uh, I thought it was cool and it... You know, I think I started listening to it to be cool, but then I, I grew to like it a lot. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, uh, so, yeah, I, I'm laughing at that because I was watching, if you guys are familiar with Portlandia, that series on... Uh, I've never watched an episode, but I've seen clips and funny. But there, there's a lot of, you know, uh, doing things because they're cool, right. not well, because you like them, but it's funny you say that. Cause cause the, how, one, the one scene I've seen uh, by them was where they're, they've got a house sitter, mm-hmm. and they're giving the house sitter the rules of the house, right. and it's, it, it is a funny few minutes. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. This is the opening track called Madonna of the Wasps. And none of their none of their songs make any sense to me. No, well, when you have uh, song titles uh, like off their debut album Effect Mania, song titles like My Wife and My Dead Wife and The Man with the Light Bulb Head. Wow. So Yeah, it's metaphorical at best, I'm thinking. That's cool. I, I'm it's really cool that uh, you picked this. There's a song called Superman. It was the last, on the first release of the album. Hang on, let me see what this is. Oh. It's called Freeze. This is not the song I was going to talk about. It's got a cool driving beat here in a second. The bass, heavy. Just a lot of, a lot of bass-centered uh, stuff. Um jangly guitars I don't know what it is about this that I did but there's a, the last song was called I like the harmonies you know a lot yeah. of layered vocals this is called Superman and I still can't figure this song out um, Robin, Superman hey, Superman crunchy little Superman yes this uh, this band has always kind of reminded me of what Love and Rockets might be if they were a little more poppy, a yeah. little more upbeat. And when I say poppy, I just mean writing for hits, not necessarily the actual sound of their songs. Oh, that's right. It was a toy in a cereal box. Yeah. And then the and then in the middle of it, it'll. Speed up a little different time signature. Yes. And then at the end, there's competing time signatures. The drums and the guitars are playing different. Here we go with the. You know this song? How do you know this song? That's awesome. Let me go to the. Let me get to the end. It says here in uh, 1989, Robin Hitchcock teamed up with Peter Buck, playing two gigs as Nigel and the Crosses. <laughs> oh, really? And most of what they did were covers. Maybe that's what they were rehearsing. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. yeah. Um, you'll uh, you'll like this. Um, the Crosses also had a cover of Wild Mountain Time um, on a Birds tribute album. Although Hitchcock always alluded to uh, Brian Ferry, uh, Brian Ferry's version when playing with the Egyptians. Okay, check it out. It's a straight 4-4, four, four, yeah. and it's also a 3-4 playing in there. The bass. I've been involved in music all my life, and it's still I still get tripped out by the concept of time signatures. It's like, 
Well, it's a quarter note. Play a quarter note. Who cares where you put the little imaginary lines in between, you know? But yeah, I, you know, growing up a Rush fan, where many of their songs are in seven eight time and that kind of stuff, you know, I I, I get, yeah, I get it. I had this cassette, cool. and uh, I had a, a basically a burned copy of the cassette yeah, for okay. a long time, and yeah. I finally found a, a, a used CD nice. on, on eBay. Uh, that may be my daughter, actually. Yep, that's her. Hey. Come on in, Ashley. Miss Ashley. We'd find her chair. She's staying long enough to do that. Yeah, she's staying. Okay, cool. She can uh, let her watch the kid. <laughs> Put her to work. I'm gonna pause really quick. Okay. All right, we're back, and uh, my daughter Ashley, who hasn't been on the show in quite a while, she showed up. She's taking me to the, bo- the basketball game, Mavericks game tonight. Yes. Playing the um, that you told us, but Where we they forgot. Playing? Sacramento Kings. You lucky, lucky bastards. All right. Um, so I had, just, I had just finished talking about Robin Hitchcock and the Egyptians, Queen Elvis. Who's next? Frank's next. Mm-hmm. Okay. Frank, what's your uh, second album? The second album is actually, uh, here I am not following the rules, actually an artist uh, from uh, born in 1910. You were included on the email chain. Uh, yeah, I was. He, res- he responded to him, so I know he saw him. Yeah, go ahead and pop me up. I can't, I can't refer to an album because I don't know his music as an album. But uh, a French guitarist named uh, Django Reinhardt, and the way I came to know him was back when Half Hour Wasted was a video show on yeah. public access. We used to use his music quite a bit. What's his name? J- Django Reinhardt. Okay. The most fascinating thing about him is that he was, he was considered a revolutionary artist uh, back in this time. He was in an accident that messed up his uh, his fret hand, to where he he had to he only had use of I believe three fingers, and and so he had to kind of invent this way of playing. Huh. You know, he was one of these guys who would show up for a show, maybe not show up for a show. You know, maybe just play for one guy on the street if he felt like it. You know, wow. he was very incredibly unreliable and stuff. <laughs> But a lot of his music... I think opiates were legal back then, too. Um, But a lot of his music influenced what would eventually become like American jazz from the 50s and 60s and stuff. I can't imagine this this music in 1910. This very much... That's when he was born. This very much feels like something out of the 30s, 40s. You absolutely see like a a guitarist like Robert Johnson got his feel from this guy. Let me listen to it without words for a second. See, I think I don't think I could listen to that. Do you actually than, sit there in a your, couple of minutes? Do you actually sit there in your apartment or in your I, car I and listen to this do, on purpose? I actually do listen to this, and I actually write to it quite a bit too. Wow! Mostly okay. because it's pretty, it's pretty tinny, and it's just uh, fast. And no see, it makes me want to tear the wallpaper off a wall. <laughs> you know, uh, you know what else I see is like cartoons, Charlie Chaplin <laughs> yeah. type of. I, I actually yeah. oh black and white were that were that sped up a little bit oh you yeah know? um he's got a very unusual sound and you know it's usually a very simple arrangement something I think it's usually a six six tet this guitar with that's wow. not him is it <laughs> no. oh we gotta stop that that's what was that 
That is my last album. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so I the last one wasn't it. an album, but it's an artist named Django Reinhardt, French, had a messed up hand, hmm. uh, artist to the T, but um, very fun. I would call it fun jazz. Cool. And he's one of these artists that you kind of either know about him or you don't. But his music is used quite a bit, mostly because of its fun nature and mostly because it's public domain. Cool. Okay. Me next? Yes. Uh, go ahead and pop me up. I've got my music. There you uh, go. got my music down a little bit. Okay. Um, so let me just go ahead and start the music off, and then we will uh, talk about this a little bit. I love this so much. Okay. Can you give me this a group level? Absolutely. Do you not have me up all the way? I almost okay. all the way. All right. It's better to give me more level on your end. I've got. You're, you're getting all I got to give. Okay. I think. Yeah. So this group basically spawned the genre of ambient house in the late '80s over in uh, England. Um, founded by a Mr. Alex Patterson and KLF member Jimmy Cotty. KLF! The. The. Okay, I'm done. Now you know how we feel. Now you know how we <laughs> feel. I'm just waiting. Just I'm done. By. Told you I was done. All right. So, the orb began as ambient and dub DJs in London. What I love about this is that because of their trippy sound, they developed a cult following among clubbers coming down from the trips that they had been on earlier in the night. Um, these guys became very famous for their science fiction themes, uh, and many of the DJs in London and a lot of the uh, club goers would show up at Orb events at the end of their night and <laughs> if you pot this up a little bit i mean we could talk over it but this is just this is amazing they uh they got in a little little bit of trouble because this is ricky lee jones's voice here they, i thought she sounded familiar they used a lot of samples from from other artists obviously um or maybe not obviously but they did and it, for the most part they would twist and distort the sounds that they got from these other people that they co-opted from these other people to the point where it wasn't recognizable they didn't get in trouble for it it was hard to disguise this voice Ricky Lee Jones knew it was her and um, she uh, she actually made them change the way they, they worked because they had to start using their own music as opposed to dealing with cease and desist letters and stuff um, this album or this song comes off of uh uh, the Orbs Adventures Beyond the Ultra World, but I'm actually playing this track for you from an album called uh, Oof Off Best Of. Um, and I just, I just, I think this is just amazing. This is one of those songs I could listen to this on a loop over and over and over again. And if I had to write, I could absolutely see writing to something like this. I, I just, I've always been a fan of, of house music since it came out. When when I first moved down here to Dallas in '91, uh, um, for a number of years after that, uh, the Edge, which at one time was a good station which specialized in alternative uh, music. When I first started listening to them, it was the Smiths, it was the Cure, it was REM, it was this, it was that. Back in '89, it was it was not Corn, it was not. 
Creed and Bush and well, those those Hole bands you're mentioning, yeah, w- that type of music wasn't there, right? That early, yes. And alternate alternative music evolved to that, which is unfortunate. Um, honestly, just for me, I, I hate to be an old man because uh, you know, you know, so many people out there who. I still listen to the same albums I listened to back in the 70s. And that's what I like. That's what I'm going to listen to. And I, I don't get that. Um, but, uh, but as far as this is concerned, there are I found out that there are a number of albums that apparently I will never get tired of. And the vast majority of my albums I have gotten tired of. This is not one of them. I, um, I, I'm oh. not going to play another track. Um, I'm just going to let that song, that's possibly my favorite single song from the Orb ever, uh, a lot of their stuff is much less melodic and does not have uh, vocals in it. and um, But that just it makes me so dang happy. I, I love I, listening to I it. I like house music, but yeah. I've always struggled with like house artists in that, okay. to me, they're very... There's usually nothing with them that that stand out completely. Okay. Like like if like if you could play three different types of house music by three different artists, and I probably couldn't tell them apart well, because of that drive. That may have if it's because you're listening to it on a on a radio station. Uh, like we used to listen to these Saturday night house party, and I would literally roll tape on those so I could listen to it in my car while I drove around. And you know, obviously uh, a house DJ, uh, they can they can modify you know. They can modify, you know, the tempos of songs and stuff. But generally, you know, when you're when you're going from one song to the next uh, as a uh, house DJ, you're going to use songs that closely match the tempo of the previous song. So if you mix them in slowly enough, it can literally be hard to tell where one song begins, the next song ends. And that's part of what I loved about that Saturday Night House Party, because you would listen to it, you know, for 40 minutes in between commercial breaks and you know, you would have to go back and re-listen to it to really pinpoint where this right. song became the mm-hmm. next song. Mm-hmm. And I hey, just, I, I love the repetitive beat. I, I love that, you know, I've, I've never done the kind of pharmaceuticals that would have you wearing a pacifier and at an all-night rave, whatever those might be. I've, I've never done that kind of stuff. But it just, I, I, I love the feel and I love the concept of, of the rave. And I, I've always been into, there's a lot of British bands like the Prodigy who did music for raves. And I, I almost wish that I could have grown up in that scene because I just think the music was so dang good. I actually have been to a real live rave. Wow, with uh, glow sticks and pacifiers yeah, sticks, and um, lots bowls of, sweat, of candy and lots of sweat. Lots of sweat. Lots, lots of people lots in love of with each other. people. Yeah. Um, Music well, just going and it, and it is a, and it is a moment in yes. time when you're there. Well, when the it ecstasy is has your you're right there, yeah. right then, and there's nothing wrong with that, and it's fun, but it's just you know unless you're participating on their level, yeah, you know you kind of miss out just a little bit. Unless you're as in as much love with them as they are with you, yeah, it's got to be two way street, man. So um, so cool. So uh, go check out the Orb, and don't be surprised that many of their other songs do not sound like that. But man, that one song is worth it. I think I could deal with house music if it didn't have a lot of vocals in it. Okay, if it was just music itself. Yeah, because I would get hung up on what they're saying. You know, okay, that obviously that was sampled. You yeah, know? yeah, I, yeah, I would assume most vocals in a house uh, band's repertoire would be sampled. Yeah things and so i would be 
I I would just want to enjoy the music for what it was and not have to worry about well what's this person saying and why are they saying it yeah. and that kind of thing. Well, there, there's lots of you know vocal loops too, where you know the entire song is composed of you know one or two lines of dialogue. Right, and that's different. Yeah, and at that point, it doesn't become so much a message uh, to the audience. It's more just a part of the beat yep. itself, um, which like, turns me on, man. Um, it's not house music, but um, uh. Get busy, child. Busy, child. You know they always had that. Get busy, child. Yeah, bang, yeah, bang, yeah. Bang, get mm-hmm. busy, child. It was. Was that the Chemical Brothers? That yeah, I think so. I do think so. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. And, unless they no, have that's. A, I'm, I'm sorry. That's um. Uh, the Crystal Method. Thank you. Thank you. It started well, with a C. Well, I knew it started yeah. with a C. Crystal Method and um, and uh, the Chemical Brothers were basically the exact same band, just one from one from America. It is the American version of that genre and the British version okay. of that genre. It's a perfect way to describe I guess that's that. Why now, you refer to them as band, but really they're artists, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, it, is Daft Punk a band or not? I mean, yeah, it's, I would it's, call it, them artists. It's a collection of DJs. I'm, I, you know, yeah. I, if you know, if if you're if you're trying to play semantics with me, you win yeah. because you're technically right. But I think for purposes of what we're talking about today, I think the I think I think the three listeners uh, understand what I'm trying to say. So yeah, there we go. My uh, last album that nobody's heard of everybody has probably heard this is from 1992 on irs records everybody has probably heard this song oh this band's name is dada and the name of this song is disneyland yeah you know remember this song i remember that and it's funny, yeah. it's it's three words, D-I-Z-Z, okay. capital K-N-E-E, yep. capital land, Disneyland. Yes. So are you here that, to pimp the entire album or just the song? Or? The whole album, it's called okay. Puzzle. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember this song, and it, uh, is it fair to say they were one hit wonder? Because this is really the only song I remember. It's the, it was a, uh, how did... How did Wikipedia put it? It was um, uh, they used a phrase to to describe the uh, the the unexpected popularity of this song, and I can't I can't find it right now. But um, it was the first single, and it was the biggest one. What was the band's name again? I'm gonna look it up. Dada D A D A. Um. And they they went on hiatus for a while, and they're back. They released a live album last year. They're working on a new studio album. But, you know, this is your typical early... This is what I said, 92. This is, you know, your typical early alternative music. Yeah. Um, So, 92? Yeah. Um, Three-piece band, just like you said. Uh, the two guys, the harmonies are the are the are two of the guys that are they sing together on all. Um, you may have heard this one too. It's called Dim. It was probably another single that the Edge played. Again, your stereotypical early '90s alternative. Um, uh, Michael Gurley, uh, Gurley, yeah, struggled with carpal tunnel syndrome. 
And in order to keep playing, he was forced to make some changes. Was he the guitar player? Yeah. yeah. Uh, including light gauge strings and tuning his instrument down a half step. Huh. Crazy. I don't know, I don't know what band, I don't know what instrument he plays. Well, probably guitar. What that would do is it would um, be easier on the fingers, easier to press, and tuning it down would also lessen the tension of the strings to make it easier to, to fret the strings. So um, They have an excellent drummer. You're talking about uh, drums? Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of funny. You know what this reminds me of just a little yeah. bit? And I know it's totally out of left field. It it reminds me of like, it, it's, it could be the lead song to a Friends-like show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it has that intro sound to it. Yeah, that last that's one. That's not dim. a bad thing. No. It's just, that's the sound. The drums will kick in here in a second, Bill. And I love the harmonies. I think that's one of the things that really got me mm-hmm. with this band is the two guys harmonize so well together. And uh, their harmonies are like top notch on on all these songs. I think the the cool uh, drums are about to about to start here. You know, lots of acoustic guitars. I love it. It's just it's light and fluffy, but not sugary sweet. I yeah. mean, there's some actual musicianship in here. Really like it. I really like it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what else much to say about them as a band, but it's just light and, again, it's from 92. It's it's in, that was toward the end of my college career. Okay. Do you find yourself listening to these, uh, uh, these specific examples a lot? Or is this something you just kind of pulled out from the, uh, from the dustbin for this? No, I listen, especially, I listen to Puzzle by Dada. Okay. And I listened to Queen Elvis by Robin Hitchcock okay. and the Egyptians. Cool. And I listened to all of the Calls albums. Okay. Um, I have more. Some are less my favorites than others, but no. I'm, I'm separating the call because I listen to. I mean, they've got multiple albums. I listen yeah. to, to them all. But Queen Elvis and Puzzle are the are two albums from those specific bands that, that get me. And that's cool. Yeah. I'm with you because. All three of my examples are albums that I do listen to to this day as frequently as I listen to anything else. I mean, I just, I, I can't, you know, my, my love for these albums has not diminished and, and I'm at the point where I'm wondering, you know, will I ever, will I ever become tired of these albums? And I, I sure hope not because they still make me so dang happy. And I think I, I, I'm a huge elect, uh, yeah. acoustic guitar okay. fan. I love the way it sounds. And and this is layered with it, so yeah. it's just it's good. And the bass player is really good too. So that's a uh, Dada's album Puzzle. Cool. I like that a lot. Good album. And uh, is it me, Frank? Yeah, Frank. This okay. is Frank's last one. Back in the sixties, uh, seventies, okay. and eighties, there was this little band known as Pink Floyd. Okay. Cool. He had a there the lead singer songwriter to it. His name was Roger Waters. Okay. And he produced some solo albums. And there are actually two, but they're somewhat connected, but not really. But yeah. we'll kind of get into that. And he's a big concept guy. If if you know anything about yeah. things like 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 the animal animals, like uh, well like the, the wall, wall was like, yeah, the just, wall was his baby. Yeah. 
big, huge storytelling. Yeah. Um, his first solo album was one called The Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking. And Brad, if you would be so kind. There you go. I'll just let this play a little bit. So The Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking. You know, the title... I've, I've got the un-black-boxed uh, uh, ah. album cover. I've got the album of this. I think it's right there next to the speaker. Really? Yeah, it's, it's got forgive the, hitch, my, forgive it's got the this, Hitchhiker's Forgive this question, and it's born out of ignorance. And you may have just said it, but I was distracted by something I was writing. Roger Waters plays the guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's oh, what no, he's... no, he's bass player. Bass yes. player? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Dave Gilmore is the guitar player for Pink Floyd. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Thank you for clearing that mm-hmm. up. Well, who's singing? Roger. Okay. Roger Waters. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Roger Waters sings many of the tracks, but Floyd, it was almost like the cars where you kind of, you know, if you pay attention, you notice that it's, it's Benjamin Orr singing versus Rick Ocasek, but but both Waters and Gilmore uh, vocalized yeah. on Floyd albums, and if you weren't paying attention sometimes, you might not realize that the other guy is singing now. So You know, there are several yeah. several bands that, that have... Like two main guys that sing. Yeah. 311 does it. Yes, absolutely. Um, who's the other one that I'm... Oh, uh, Linkin Park does it. Okay. You know? And uh, that's interesting. I think that's an interesting dynamic for, for bands yeah. that, that have that kind of... Yeah, because it's, it's two... Like two main singers. Two co-lead know? singers. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, in 311, I know the uh, the short guy is the one who does kind of the, the white boy raps. Right, the and raspy. The tall, and the, the tall guy that looks like Jerry O'Connell uh, does most of the singing. Uh, but yes, they they do alternate occasionally. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, the um, the album that you mentioned, the um, there was some controversy when the album first came out. The cover of the album, because it had a woman from the uh, wearing a backpack hitchhiking, but uh, she was naked, and you just saw the back of her. So you saw her butt. And this um, is this is a, a this is a piece of art. It's not a photograph. By right, uh, 1986. Yes, I think. Um, and what ended up happening was they had to recall the albums and put a black box over her butt. And um, so that's where most of the uh, why this album is known. Plus, it's Roger Waters. Uh, he also has Eric Clapton playing on this really? um, album, which there's stories about Roger Waters giving Eric Clapton very little direction as to how he wanted to play. So Eric just kind of did his own thing, which is kind of weird for Roger Waters. But he goes through these these emotional peaks. He he really does play his emotions and his thoughts on his. Well, sleeve. if you're going to let anybody do their own thing as far as guitar goes, mm-hmm. Eric Clapton would be definitely be one of those people that you could do that with. Yeah. Oh, here, let me stop this and then play this. Uh, this is a, another song. This is actually my favorite song on the album. And it's a little low, so you may have to pot it up. But this one's... Uh, the, the concept of the album is a guy, he has to get from point A to point B, and he's driving down the road, and he picks up a hitchhiker, and he kind of reflects about his life, and he wonders, you know, what if I had an affair with this hitchhiker and left my wife and stuff? So there, there's a lot of... Uh, emotional baggage in this album but if you listen to his if you listen to his anguish while he's singing there's a lot of just pain is there you know? is this a concept album for lack of a better term Yo, no it is yeah. yeah all the songs have to do with hitchhiking yeah it, it's one long story it's, it's more narrative and, okay. and the songs break down by times like this one called Go Fishing it takes place at 4.50am and all the songs break down like that because the guy has um, 
the these moments of revelation while he's driving and stuff. Uh, there's a little bit of narrative in it in in each of these songs. There's just a lot. Of can you turn the music up? I can barely hear it. Yeah, I got it, I got it cranked up as hard as I can go. So, no, Brad's got a fader, so I'm even looking at him. I just didn't want it to overpower Frank. He's got that jazz we're, we're, horn. We're still talking way over the top of music. Um, oh, you know what it is? It's these headphones. Okay. Um, and like I said, so this is the main album, but there's a second one to it called Radio Chaos. Yes. Which is his second solo album, but still t- somewhat tied into this. Yep. And this one is like pre-internet. Um, this one is about a a boy who is a paraplegic. The only way he can talk is one of these voice boxes. But he manages to take over the computer network. Again, this is pre-internet. Oh, yeah. Uh, using a phone. And what he does is he simulates a world war, a world war, a world nuclear war. Would you like to play a game? Somewhat. And he and uh, it ends up bringing like the world to its knees and people aren't quite sure, you know, what, uh, you know, they start to get the priorities straight and stuff. Clock ticking. Is yeah. That in the that, this is part of the song. Yes, this is the song. song called Four Minutes, which is. This, this, and this is one of those songs that you just, it's, you have to be in the mood for it, just like uh, The Wall. It's not a light album, especially if you really like lyrics or you're looking for, like, layers of meaning and stuff. Oh, here comes the weird part. This is where the people start to realize that, that the world is ending. That clock is very... Mm-hmm. It makes me nervous. It's supposed to. Yeah. It's totally supposed to. Yes, yeah, thing. Roger, um, I, Roger Waters is one of those guys that... I, I do love Pink Floyd. Um, I'm borderline don't get Roger Waters, but I'm not I'm not there. I, um, I like Dave Gilmore... Um, any of Dave Gilmore's solo albums to me are, are like just smooth honey. And uh, Waters is hard to listen to for me. I mean, you have to want to listen to it. It's not something you just, you, you know, it, oh, it comes on the radio and you just can't turn the station away. You know? uh, these I mean, are, it's not something like that. These are art albums. I would put them in that category. And it's, yeah. you know, and it's, it's more about the experience of listening to it than just the jamming to it. Because these are things that you want to hear. You want to hear the album. You don't necessarily want to hear a cut off the album. Yeah. Our buddy uh, Hillerby um, was a, a huge fan of uh, Water Solo stuff. And, and he um, it's because of him that I, I've listened to Radio Chaos a number of times. Although so, it's been 20 plus years since I've heard it. So that, that, that last album, Roger Waters, Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking, and Radio Chaos. Yes. Cool. And you got one more, Bill. I do. I'm saved the best for last. Uh, speaking of narratives, um, there's a couple of tie-ins here. Uh, first of all, this this band um, was formed previously, but they their big break in the business was actually being the backing band uh, for Nerd's first album, In Search Of. Nerd originally produced this album um, 
it got far enough along that you could find it on the internet back in the day, though they never actually released it at the time they, they did it. They thought the album was a little too sparse. And Farrell Williams, um, he does kind of do almost not minimalist, but he does do sparse arrangements. Uh, um, it's kind of almost a Timbalandy kind of thing where it's not, it's not Dre, you know, it's not wall of sound. It's not thick, lush bass and stuff. It's, it's kind of very minimalist. Like I said, um, so nerd does their first album in search of they decide they don't like the production and they want to redo it they recruit and i to this day i don't know how the connection was made uh because this band is from minneapolis uh maybe Farrell is too but uh they get this band to be the backing band on their reproduction of their first album in search huh. of i've got both copies uh i've got both versions of the album and they're both fantastic but um the more I listen to both of them, the more I like the re-release of In Search Of because of this backing band whose name is Spy Mob. And it blows me away that this band didn't make it big. Um, there's very little uh, information on uh, Spy Mob out there. As a matter of fact, if, if someone has like a big bio on this band, send it to me or something or throw it on the forum um, because I just don't know a whole lot about these guys. All I know is that this is one of my favorite albums that I've ever heard. And I know that sounds like big talk, but it, it really is. Um, so in, in terms of what songs to listen to you guys, um, I'm just going to go and fire this one off. I'm going to talk for a few seconds, but their music is so different. Oh, okay. I need to plug the thing in and get my headphones out of that jack. I need a Y splitter over here. Um, not now though. Um, Okay, so you've got me under a little bit. Yeah. All right, bring it up some. Let us uh, bring it bring it under. So I've got three songs I want to play at least chunks from. Um, they tell stories. It's really cool. He literally tells a narrative in in his songs. It's almost like uh, sometimes it feels kind of flow of thoughty, um, but he actually literally tells stories as part of the song structure. I think it's pretty amazing. Can you turn this up a little bit. getting goosebumps i i've i got this album for christmas i've heard a bunch of tracks on i've heard the tracks they have on myspace uh um good luck finding it um out on the internet uh unless you're you know, trying to buy it from amazon or something but i heard this album all the way through for the first time just after christmas which is not that long ago and i i promise you i freaking promise you you ask me in 20 years what one of my favorite albums is it'll still be this um I, I love the uh, some of their influences. Um, according to them, are you can Steely Dan is an influence. They consider Burt Bacharach an influence, really? <laughs> uh, honestly. Um, but you can hear the Steely Dan influences and in the, the the minor and major chord progressions, and kind of 
you know, it, it is kind of reminds me if Steely Dan had been a rock outfit instead of a jazz type outfit, this could have been it. Um, the vocals are pretty clean. Uh, the instrumentation is very well produced. These guys are these guys are clearly very competent musicians. This is this is a nice polished yeah. uh, sounding this album. This makes me feel happy. Um, okay, here's a slightly more. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go to uh, another track. This is a little bit more straight up pop type song. It takes a couple seconds for it to kick in here. So, when did this? When was this album released? 2003. It sounds much older than that. It has a very timeless sound. I mean, this album could have come out this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. No, I, no, I, I, if this I, album had come out this year, you wouldn't bat an eye at it. No, I don't what I'm it. saying is it sounds older. It does not sound timeless at all. It sounds like... 70s or 80s to me. Okay. That, uh, that, that's I'll take that as a compliment. You said timeless, and then you said, no, it, yeah, you're right. It could, uh, you said, ti- uh, it didn't. You contradicted each other. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But, but you didn't recognize it at first. No, I yeah. recognized it, which is why I said, no, it's not timeless. <laughs> it doesn't sound timeless at all. I do um, hear Steely so these Dan guys, in there, though. There's, there's Steely, Big time Steely Dan. There's Steely Dan. There's funk. There's the, the, the beats are very cool. The drummer does a lot of real kind of offbeat stuff that you kind of have to listen to to notice. I've got one more song up this I want to play for you. And um, this song is almost borderline ambient. Uh, I just I love the way the, the, the bass feels very dubby and stuff. So, so here goes uh, this next one. And again... He's telling a story here. If you can listen to the lyrics. Feels completely dry. And I'm just driving cars on mountain roads. Here comes that dubby bass. It's a love. Now, see, this doesn't sound old. Yeah. Well, again, it's, you know, the it's all clearly one genre, but they play around within that genre like any good band, right. you know, does. And I just tried to give you three of the different feels you get off this album. I love the, I love the chorus here, too. But to me, it's it's a lot of the same things that gives me goosebumps when this is Seely Dan. It's the minor chord progressions. Yeah. It's the storytelling. Because um, he's this basically, he's and it's not necessarily that he's telling you a story. It's it's a narrative that you just happen to be kind of listening in on. Like the first song uh, was entitled Twenty Forty, where he's literally saying, "Hey, I'm talking to my mom about band names." And she says, "Watch well, na- na- name your band Millennium because it's going to be on everybody's mind." He says, "Well, I like it, but not for a band name." Then it got me to thinking. What am I gonna? What will I be thinking about in 2040? And I'll be thinking about the 20th century, and you know, I'll be thinking about how things are different now, and you know, it's like how I'll be sitting there with my kid reminiscing, you know, or my grandkids, and and then in this song, it's more there's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of you know emotion, you know, you know, love for a child, kind of whatever, you know, in this song, but he's kind of relating a narrative of 
you know, during the fall when water seems to be seeping up from the ground and I'm test driving cars on mountain roads. And it's just, it's very evocative. And the, the, the chord progressions really get me and the music. Um, it's just, this is one of those that I honestly don't know if I'll ever get tired well, of. So I, thank you, Spy Mob. The album is called Sitting Around Keeping Score. I think I'd like to borrow this. I will, um, um, if you would no, like. Brad, you would like to buy it. If you would like to. No, uh, I'd like to borrow give it. it. A, uh, give it a check amount. Uh, that is uh, it right there. I would like to borrow it. So cool, man. So yeah, so that's my three. I obviously i i i could i could give honorable mentions to i don't know 20 albums probably off the top of my head without missing a beat but i tried to contain it so and we thank you for it Uh, occasionally i do try all right um you were doing some scrolling and and looking around on your ipod did you actually come up with maybe three bands you want to like but can't were you able to to figure something out about that? Um, I was actually looking at a funny picture app, but I had to oh. Because <laughs> that's why we have our phones and iPods is to look at funny pictures. Beautiful. But no, um, I did think of, like, not bands specifically, mm-hmm. but, like, my age group, I don't know if y'all have heard of dubstep. You know what I'm talking about? Bill was just talking about uh, that dub bass. Yeah. I know yeah. what you're talking about, and I hate it. Yeah, I wasn't really listening. You talking about the genre? But, yeah, the genre. Okay. Um, I want to like it, but I just can't get into it. I don't ever feel the need to listen to it. I mean, if it's on, I don't want to like rip okay. my ears off. But it's not something that, like, I don't have any on my iPod. Yeah. And I've never liked country. There. I have to be in the mood for I'm with Taylor you. Swift a lot. You're so Taylor, smart. Taylor Swift is like girly. More pop. Yeah, like it's not like country that I'm thinking of. But I have to be in the mood for it, and the mood is rare. And then when I'm in the mood, I'm really picky about it. Uh, what about when you're driving around and hanging with friends and it comes on? Um. I mean, like you know, when you're hanging out with friends and music comes on, what are you, what is playing? What is on the radio? Are you listening to the radio? Or are you listening to your iPod? I don't listen to the radio. I either have a CD in my car or my iPod. Like when I'm with friends, normally I'm either listening to um, like heavy indie stuff okay. that my dad doesn't like at all, such as, um, like. Don't get yourself in trouble. But, no, uh, no. <laughs> a day to remember. Okay. Um, band called Fit for a King. My friend has a band called Indirections. You can like them on Facebook or follow them on Twitter. Indirections is that one? Indirections. Word? Yes. I N D I R E C T I O N S. Um, We're indirections. <laughs> so it's like indirect, but it's indirections. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Sometimes okay. you gotta believe in yourself. Oh <laughs> yeah, indirections. <laughs> Like recently, that was terrible. I don't like rap, or I haven't for seventeen years. Okay, but I started listening to Drake, and it's growing on me. For me, I listen to it all the way here. I'm not a fan of rap. I am a fan of hip hop. The difference is that hip hop uses a lot more melody. It's it's very. You know what? Yeah. Okay. That's more of what he is. Yeah. And I have a hard time with, you know, I have a hard time with a lot of guys that just just you know 
go over beatboxes and four four yeah. beats. Yeah, I, I want Tribe Called Quest type. Yeah, of stuff. you're right. Drake's more hip hop. Okay. Um, and then so I like like heavy indie stuff. Um, I guess hip hop's growing on me, and I like like poppy boy band stuff like Mayday yeah. Parade. Okay. So I have a really weird taste in music. I always have though. And then I listen to like stuff my dad listened to back in his prime and stuff. S your dad so, likes. Mm-hmm. So you take pride <laughs> in your uh, in your quirky taste of music. I do. Would you uh, would you say any of your friends say I like contemporary um, uh, music that 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 everybody listens to? Hey, uh, pop me up. I've never known anyone to say so. like I like music. That has no emotion. So Ashley, you know, would it's always you know we're always a little, a little proud of, of our, the way we of the music we like, and it's like you know I kind of like it. You know I'm kind of like all over the place. Yeah. You know, I don't really hate anything except for, man. and then there's always the except right. for mm-hmm. Toby Keith. <laughs> yeah, like the past year, I've stopped listening to a lot of mainstream stuff, and okay. I found a bunch of like indie local bands. Oh, cool! That that's awesome, man. I. The the idea that you follow local bands is so cool for everybody involved. No, it's it makes not. you smarter and it it's helps terrible. them. Out. I mean, there's always <laughs> mainstream bands that I like. Like I still listen to like Blink One Eighty Two okay. and Foo Fighters. Okay. And, like Blink One Eighty Two is one of those that's this borderline Five, I yes. don't get. I understand why everybody why everybody listens to them, and they've got a couple songs that are interesting. But for the most part, I'm kind of yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's okay. That's great. So, but. Uh, but I don't know if this song makes me uh, makes me laugh. This is a uh, another song off uh, "Seeing Sounds" by Nerd. And this is borderline rap. That's a sampled upright bass. Yeah. But one of the. Um, Uh, I'm gonna try to remember the name of an artist who came out with. It was a rap album, but it was it, it was a concept. And just bear with me. I'm gonna talk it out. Maybe you'll remember what it is. Okay. Um, it's a story about this guy coming home, and uh, he accuses his wife of having an affair, and. The guy that's having the affair with music. her, and the guy who's ha- who's having an affair with her, turns out to be a midget who is hiding in the kitchen cabinet holding a pie. Is this a joke? No, this is one hundred percent real. It came out about four or five years ago, and it was so <laughs> bizarre, and it was wonderfully bizarre, and I cannot remember the name of it. Anyone out there who can remember I wish, this? I wish it was I could a help rap, you out with that. and it's a contemporary rap artist too. Dang. <clears throat> well, let um, me kind of Google those keywords. I've got. Um, <clears throat> what were you going to say? I've just i've I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Just like mention them. We're not listening to them. Okay. No, gotta, I, we gotta I, wrap I, it up. We got you down. Um, if uh, if you're a big fan of um, the Tribe Called Quest, the rap, the whatever. Um, there's a band called Little Brother that came out with an album in 05 called The Minstrel Show, which I think is tremendous. Uh, there's a band, um, when uh, Jane's Addiction, uh, another honorable mention, when Jane's Addiction first broke apart back in the early 90s, um, Perry Farrell and uh, Stephen, um, ah, the drummer, um, went on to uh, start Porno for Pyros. But 
the other two guys, Eric Avery and Dave Navarro, uh, went and, and formed a band, a three-piece band, which released one album only called Deconstruction. And it's very, it's almost dirgy, again, in its tempo. Um, it's very soundscape. It doesn't sound, you would never in a million years just think that Dave Navarro had anything to do with this because you're used to him with Jane's Addiction, with Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. and you're used to that kind of, you know, pop, funk rock kind of thing and this is anything but this is this is rock via the soundscape um it's not jazzy but it it almost has those i don't know it's just it's really hard to describe without playing some for you i can't do it so uh i don't know check out some deconstruction if you can get a hold of it um i also wanted to pimp uh the starlight mints um a great band from mormon yes uh they were um, uh, the lead singer of the Starlight Mints um, is uh, uh, related, I believe, in some way to the great Wayne Coyne. And uh, if you're looking for something to fall asleep to on a rainy night, uh, there's a, an album called Rain Tree Crow out there, which um, which is really trippy. It's uh, very, uh, very ambient and very relaxing. A lot like um, something like a, a band band from the 80s uh, called japan a guy named david sylvian did a lot of very af- atmospheric very moody uh um solo albums uh after japan broke up um and uh yeah a lot of his stuff is is very it's almost it's almost pink floyd uh ish in the way that it's the kind of thing you could absolutely kind of relax and fall asleep to eventually i used to fall asleep to animals almost every single night just because cool. i needed I guess my I, I lived in the middle of our house and it was a small house and so it was noisy enough that I had to have some kind of cover audio, you know, for my brain to stop listening to all the crap going on around me. So uh, I used to listen to music uh, to go to bed all the time, and that basically stopped when uh, I started shacking up with the professor. <laughs> another story for another day. <clears throat> it was totally worth it. The last uh, guess that cover band. I'll oh play, yes, we have. I'll play just a little bit. Yeah. We've already decided, well, we already know it's Pictures of You by The Cure. Yes. Where is he saying? All right, here we go. All right, now, I've just got to think this has got to be one of those L.A. pop punk bands, your Blink-182 types, but I don't know. I would say you're on the right track. Okay. Um, I'm going to play their big radio hit. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Um, this song is called My Own Worst Enemy. Yes. And, of course, we've all heard this song and yeah. bobbed our heads to it a million times. Right. The name of the band is Lit. Okie dokie. All right. So, everybody, that's, again, that's mid-'90s yeah. alternative Um. They uh, a place in the sun is their first album. Their sec- well, the first one I heard of. The next one was a self-titled lit. Okay, and they did uh, that pictures of you cover cool. on it. So that was your 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 third. Uh, co- I guess the co- name of the cover band. Oh, I love it. That was fun. Those music ones are always fun and different. Thanks for uh, supporting me on that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up, Frank. You wrap it up. Okay, give me a moment. I gotta shut the music off. Phone for geeks. dot com. All right, hit me. 
S, thanks for coming by. Enjoy the basketball game, you and your dad. Thanks. And uh, guys, thanks for listening. Please visit our show's website, halfhourwaste.com, to check out our blogs, photos, and more. And don't forget about the message board, forumsforgeeks.com. You can send questions and comments to halfhourwaste.gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830. You can also drop us an email at either Frank, Brad, or Bill at halfhourwaste.com and follow us on Twitter at Twitter at halfhourwaste.com. Listen to the Legion of Dudes. Check out Tech Dudes, Walking Dead TV Podcast, Media Minutes, Alcapod, Alcapod, Space Kataz. And um, and we will see you next time on Oh yeah. I who are you? I'm the same Bill I was last <laughs> time you asked. Five and minutes. Ashley. And I'm Frank. We'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. Bye. Bye.